celebrate our, our one year lockdown anniversary. First of many, lads, at least in this country. I can't wait to, to ring it in with you again next year um, here in Ireland. Uh, bringing you the 512th edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, as always, Barry joined with my co-host. First of all, was Paul. Brap, brap. And also, Townie Boy, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello! Uh, lads, we've got a busy week here coming up. We've got a whole lot of stuff to chit-chat about. We've got a big old wrestling week to chat about, some big matches from AEW, and we've got a, a bumper edition. As we always do with these, these days, I feel we've got a, a healthy edition of Movie Guff um, as well. Before we get into that, you know how we do things here, if you're, if you're a regular listener. If you're a non-regular listener, welcome. Welcome to the team. Uh, this, is our pod- this is our, our, our podcast. Um, uh, the name alludes to uh, the the hobby of professional wrestling, which we uh, used to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so, so look forward to some some little Easter eggs about that genre uh, towards the end of the show. Um, but we we will have a chat about life here first. It's been you'll be shocked to hear, lads, another another quiet one um, here oh, in, in in the Murphy estate. It's been. It's been um, <laughs> the Murphy compound. Yeah, they 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 haven't gotten to me yet in Ireland uh, with the old with the old jab. Um, I mean, they are they are doing upwards of six people a day um, at the moment. <laughs> which so so uh, so they're they're about one seventieth of the way through the A's in the phone book. So I uh, I've, I've got a couple couple <laughs> a couple of years left to wait. But uh, yeah, not a whole lot going on. Um, uh, Trying to think, we did we did go out um, to the park uh, uh, yesterday, which was two weeks in a row. I think that might just become a weekly habit because we do live very close to a park, and it's very nice because there are people there, and they're just kind of living their lives and they're happy, and it, it's a good it's a good reminder that that still happens. There was a little boxing class, a little kids boxing class, um, uh, going on in the park, which is very wholesome, and all manner of dogs, which is nice, but. Um, and and then in the middle of it, I was eating an extremely messy egg rasher sandwich thing Ooh. from a cafe. And, oh, they did not give you any napkins with that boy as I was eating uh, eggs Benedict in, in a sandwich. Um, but, yeah. And then we drove to two uh, homeware kind of department stores, and the queues were both out the door, so we didn't go in. So that's about the peak of my life got this week. Um what about you, lads? What's what's been the the daily life occurrence of views this week? Well, speaking of vaccines, my I got a vaccine story. Right, my grandmother got her first shot a few days ago. I don't know if she got the second one yet. She got the first one anyway, and her husband tried to go along and get a sneaky shot for himself, even though it wasn't his turn. <laughs> He tried oh, to go along God. and say, "Oh, I did. I, I don't think I got the email, did I?" Oh. They wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, cheeky bastard. She got it though. It's all good. Um, we're no, we're dogless now. The the dog we were minding for the last four weeks was uh, picked up on Friday, and uh, I have my life back because that dog <laughs> was twenty four seven work. Our okay. truth would have had a good time with that, though. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was able to wake up at whatever time I wanted uh, yesterday and today, rather than 
six fifteen in the morning to take the dog out. Um, which is very nice. I had a hard time sleeping last night, though. I'm not sure if that was a side effect. If the dog, the presence of dog, was a factor in being able to sleep, because I was up until about three in the morning last night, tossing and turning, uh, not able to sleep. But all in all, uh, all in all, a good weekend. Um, caught up on some TV, some movies. Watched a uh, fairly substantial movie, which I'm sure Barry and I will discuss. Um, that's mostly all that's been up with me. Just, get, just get that. That burp was Paul, by the way. Um, oh, who farted the last week's? I don't remember. Eagle, eagle-eared listeners uh, uh, did flag up with us that there was a vampiro at triple mania level Trump. <laughs> Um, still, still, perhaps my favorite wrestling blooper of all time. Just an absolutely massive rip, um, and it, we we had one of them on last week's show. I, as a man who farts a lot, I honestly I don't think that was me. But I, I, I when I first heard the clip, I was like, it probably was. But I, I think I would remember something that level going off during the show. Um, yeah. Well, I'm we- gonna pr- I'm gonna present a damning evidence now against myself. Which was just now when you when you called me out for burping, Barry. I didn't realize that I had burped, so there's a good chance it was me. Oh dear! But what I what I said on Twitter is true: is that when I'm doing the edit, that Barry usually will come through the loudest. Um, mm. But I, I I edit it, so it should be more leveled up. So that shouldn't be taken into account. I was just trying to pass the book and cast uh, aspersions. Ass Persians. <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, anyway. I like how Joe is going away scot free. By the way, with all this, uh, but Joe's, you know, he's he's an Englishman. He's not gonna he's not going to trump on air, is he? No, 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 no. never, never. <laughs> Imagine Her Majesty's face <laughs> if one were to trump <laughs> on a podcast. Um, I've I've been racking my brains to think of any life guff for this week, but I honestly cannot think of a single thing that's noteworthy of mention that won't be uh, included in one of the other guffs. Yeah, uh, it's been one, yeah another one of those weeks. Oh, um, I we had a barbecue as well one of the nice days. Ooh, that was quite nice. But the dog kept trying to jump up at it. Like we have onto the actual. Yeah, we we don't have one of your highfalutin gas barbecues or any anything like that Ooh. our ours is a very very cheap um metal uh, ha- half uh sphere right what you put the coal in and it's it's held up by the the spindliest little yeah, the spider legs gimmick. yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the but key, it doesn't even have like a lid think of a barbecue it's what you think of yeah yeah, it does, but it's not one of these ones you, you see people nowadays. Um, presumably, people who wipe their arse with hundos, <laughs> but people who have these like steel barrel barbecues that like lift up like a smoker, more like a smoker. Where can you get these? No, we have. Uh, I don't know. I never bought, <laughs> but we have your uh, your bog standard. <laughs> we have your bog standard little pit. You throw your charcoals in. You light them up. 20 minutes later, there's a little grill on top. That's it. So it's it was pretty much like the perfect height for the dog to try and jump up with its front paws and get to the food. So we're constantly having to ch- chase the dog away. 
because it would you know, knock it over. Like the the barbecue is not um, sturdy enough to withstand uh, the attack of a tiny dog. Uh, so we had to keep it keep it away. But the food was very good. Um, burgers and steaks. Mm. Oh yeah, very very nice. Nice. But um, yeah, I don't know that the weather was was nice enough for it. But it's it's an Irish staple that as soon as you get a little bit of sun, it's tops off barbecue out. And so it was. Hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, we had a lovely Sunday roast today. I say we. I ate it. Um, Brona cooked it. It was quite tasty. Um, you know, one of these things of the last year is appreciating little domestic things, and she did seem quite happy with that. We got an electric carver. Um, mm. For cooking, oh, for chopping chicken, nice. because the two of us, me yeah, in particular, yeah. I am I'm horrific at carving. Um, yeah, me too. It's, it's a it's, massacre. It's really hard. It's fucking really hard. And so, as well as being beautifully cooked, at, you know, seven thumbs up for the for the food. Um, it was also lovely slice, and it does make all the difference as opposed to when I do something and then I have to chop it up, and it is kind of like, <laughs> it's like. I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah. So some some good eating this week for sure. Well, I like how you described it as she cooked it and you ate it. Well, yeah. Well, was she over, was she over to the side with like one bean using the electric carver <laughs> to like Mickey Mouse <laughs> in that cartoon? It's like see through. I'm just there like Henry the Eighth, just picking the chicken <laughs> up in, in, in one hand. <laughs> um, oh yeah. dear. That's the old. That's the old life guff this week. Then another quiet one. Yeah. Uh, jump into the television. Um, yeah. Uh, as mentioned last week, I think I think I was just on the precipice of watching the last episode. Watch the last episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, for ah. for for my third time. Still a uh, stupendous finale. Uh, tremendous conclusion um, uh, to that show. Uh, we're going to take a, a little little reprieve. Watch some other shows, come back around to Better Call Saul, then and give that a, give that a spin. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I, I think Brona was was thoroughly impressed anyway on her on her first viewing. Um, I think it, it lived up to the hype after I sold it to her heavily. Um, I don't have a, a huge memory for. I got these huge memories, but I don't have a huge memory for um, the like last season and a half of Breaking Bad. Like I, I, I would know seasons one through four pretty well. What are the beats of every season? Yeah. And then it goes like there's the episode with the train, and then there's a gun in the car. <laughs> and in between I don't really know what happens really. Yeah, no, I I, I, I think it's I, I think it's that was that was the one season. Actually it was I, I think season five I do knew, but I forgot how long it was. Because I, I I was forgetting I think and I think I said to her I was like I think it's the shortest season of the ball it's actually the longest um, okay uh, what what threw me off was that it has that big mid season break um, so like the last run of the show is eight episodes but that's the second half of season five so it's two it's right. two halves of eight so it's sixteen episodes which is which is a lot um, yeah so and there's a little bit, there's a little bit of padding in there. Um, but yeah, that's when they've got that's when they got all the Lydia stuff and Madrigald and the train and all that other stuff. So there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, just it's it's so 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 great. It really is, um, uh, and really happy to to have wrapped up another watch of that. Uh, we did start a new show, so from about two years ago called uh, Escape at the Danny Mora, 
I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably not. I don't think they've said the, sh- the name of the prison yet in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Showtime miniseries based on a true story from a couple of years ago. Uh, ben Stiller directed it, or he uh, directed parts of it. Um, and you've got your uh, Benicio Del Toro. You've got Paul Dano, Patricia Arquette. So really good mm-hmm. cast. Uh, basically about um, this woman who worked at like a minimum security prison. She was like a, um, a shop worker. She... I don't know if she like taught or supervised the prisoners when they're like sewing, doing their shitty prison labor for a penny. Um, and she's like, have, she's like having an affair with one of the prisoners. And I've only seen the first episode, so I'm not quite sure how it comes together, but it, it somehow it turns into a prison escape uh, routine. It's one of those shows where the, the opening scene is like a flash forward. She's in cuffs and she's being quizzed about, ah, how did this happen? What was your involvement with these two men? And how did you... And you know how did they get out? And then it flashes back. So um, watch one episode. Actually, I, I, I must, we must get through the rest. There's only about five or six episodes. It's a limited run, based on a true story. But really good, uh, really good performances. Uh, Patricia Arquette is fantastic in it, uh, just based on the on the first episode. So um, yeah, thumbs up on that one so far. Um, and I think that is about it for me on the telly. Um, still sticking on uh, just by virtue of having. The, the old Disney gimmick. Still watching the the Simpsons, and I think I just started season twelve now. Um, uh, I like that Treehouse of Horror. It's the one where Homer dies and he has to do a good deed um, to get to heaven. So that one's solid. Uh, just watch the Beyond the Laughter episode, which is still good. I think it's a little overrated. People talk about it like it's like the last great episode out of the Golden Years. I'm like, yeah. It's- <laughs> I think it's more it's of a fine. cute idea than it is an actually hilarious episode of the show. I think the yeah. the 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 one from season six, the Troy McClure 138 episode spectacular or whatever it is. I think that's infinitely better version of of a similar idea. Um, but yeah, I have I have kind of noticed as we've just kind of had it on. It's kind of like there are a surprisingly there are still plenty of decent episodes in there, but then there's still so many. Where I'm just like, oh my god, this is so insufferable. Um, it just flicks back and forth an awful lot. It's like there's no through line of we're on a good stretch of episodes here. It's just like one's great, one's shit, one's okay, one's terrible. Um, but yeah, that's the Simpsons for you. Um, yeah, so that's the old uh, that's the telly for me this week. Yeah, there was a good episode of Simpsons on TV yesterday. Um, Homer the Great. Oh yes, I've heard of this. Which was surely one of the ones included in our. Uh, Infernal bracket. Yeah. Um, what have I been watching? We had the, the finale of the UK Drag Race on BBC Three. Uh, very disappointing result. Um, the one that we wanted to win did not win. And the, the drag queen who won was the biggest crybaby one. So oh, I was very disappointed with oh, no. The one who was just a big complainer. Oh, you've tried to fuck me over there. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Anyway, they won. Lawrence Chaney won. Not Bimli Bamboulash. Dreadful stuff. Anyway. Uh, Also watched uh, that new South Park, the special. Oh, yeah. A month or two ago. I don't remember when exactly it came out. The vaccination special. Mm. Um, I thought it was alright. I thought it was better than the previous special they did. What was it? The um, pandemic special. 
Yeah. Because they finally realized to put Randy Marsh in the back seat again for a little while. Put him in the back pocket. Because they've uh they've orange Cassidy'd him a little bit too much. <laughs> he, he he like became the main character of the show, which is fine, but I think like Saul Goodman, Randy Marsh is, is really effective in like smaller doses. Yeah. And when you make him all the season about Randy Marsh, you get tired of Randy Marsh. Yeah, um, yeah, and like every every like shitty meme imaginable they've done with him as well. Yeah. Just, yeah. I they kind of Rick and Morty him a little bit, you know. But yeah, yeah. So he wasn't really in it to its benefit. Um, yeah, there's some clever meta stuff in it. I thought it was relatively good. Um, I don't know if they're doing a season though. It seems like they've done these two specials in lieu of doing an actual season. But uh, yeah, it was fine. It was better, better than the first one. Definitely passable. And then I watched the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh. The, the new Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe show. Thing. So after, ba- after the back of WandaVision, I figured... Look, we're already on the on the train, and it's it's a train that doesn't stop. So let's just keep going. <laughs> Literally doesn't. I mean, they've got the next thing let's, announced as well. So it's like, yeah, it, I think it's low key, low key after next, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. not not the wrestler, but the unfortunately Tom Tom Hiddleston, and then it's like She Hulk after that. I think so. It's just it? it's gonna keep going. I think so. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be good little piggies and keep eating the slop <laughs> that is in the air. We're like we're like um, what are we? We're like geese being made into foie gras with oh, big fat livers full nice, of MCU imagery. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so Falcon Winter Soldier, anyway, is is going to be shorter than One Division. I think it's only six episodes. Mm, yeah, whereas One Division was nine. Um, I'd say started started off strong. Started off strong. Um, starts with a big action set piece featuring a returning face from i think the winter soldier movie um there's a few excuse me there's a few um few returning cameos i would say none of them super notable but if you've been paying attention you recognize oh that person's back oh that person's here oh it's the winter Um, soldier oh oh it's the falcon (laughs) (laughs) what's he doing here what are you doing here What's Falcon doing in the impact zone? Oh, it's Chris Martin um, Colby. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it starts off with a big action set piece for like a good 10, 15 minutes. Good stuff. But like t- typically, typically Marvel, not in a bad way, but in a way that a good, a good old fashioned action set piece. With helicopters and flying and bad guys that try to rescue the good guy and all of that. Very mm. good. And then for the rest of the episode, it kind of slows down and does a more kind of character-based story. Okay. Which I'm all on board for. And in fact, I would be impressed if they did the six episodes and didn't have like a big bad for them mm. to, you know, in the finale, fight for 20 minutes with lasers and pew, 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 like one division had at the end, ultimately. Um, but it looks like that's not going to be the direction to go in because there is a storyline 
that's building, which is completely obnoxious, which is <laughs> setting up the the big bad, right? <laughs> shit, it's the shittest part of the show. But the the Falcon stuff, because Falcon and Winter Soldier, as of episode one, are s- separate entities and separate storylines. Um, Falcon is gone, kind of gone back to his roots. He's struggling with uh, the legacy left behind by Captain America and how he should deal with it. So he's kind of gone back to his roots, gone back to his family, and is dealing with more like familial familial problems that they're having. Uh, Winter Soldier is struggling with being re- reintegrated into society, and he's going to like therapy and working his way through that. So both of those storylines individually very interesting, taking a bit of a slower pace, but doing it in a way that is trying to build up the characters as characters rather than superheroes. If that makes any sense. Um. But simultaneously, there is a nefarious group of whatever uh, eco terrorists who are, and that stuff is all nonsense. But I would say mostly, I would be positive on it as a pilot. It sets up the characters as interesting and three dimensional. Um, it brings back some old faces that you'll recognize if you watch all the movies, and um, the last shot of the show, which I won't spoil, I thought was very. Interesting and almost to the point of being like a Watchmen light kind of feel. Okay. Um, which I won't go any deeper into it than that. It's, it's obviously not to the level of Watchmen, but it, that's the thing that it reminded me of. Mm. Uh, so I would say so far, a tentative thumbs up. Okay. I, I'm always going to have in the back of my head that Falcon and Winter Soldier, if any of the Marvel series are going to devolve into schlocky superhero shite that falcon winter soldier is the one that's gonna be that but so far so good mm, i i feel like I, I would kind of like i would like one of these series to 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 be that in some ways do you know what i mean it's like especially like yeah. like the winter soldier movie is most notable because it's like it has all that great action it's like i, mean, I probably would right. like a, a six episode show that didn't take itself very seriously and was just action do you know what i mean um, right but yeah I, I have not checked this out yet. It's good. It's good. What about yourself, Joe? Oh, um, have been watching a little bit of Simpsons, so we're on. We're up to the end of season five now, um, which is pretty good. So you know, Deep Space Homer, mm. Bart gets an elephant. Uh, we just watched um, the Boy Who Knew Too Much, uh, which was a fantastic episode. <laughs> so, so good. And um, chowder, say chowder. Chowder, chowder. So yeah, really, really good. Um, I was kind of surprised. I was, I didn't. We watched quite a few episodes recently, and we kind of raced through seasons four and five. But you know, looking at the episode listings, it's still really strong episodes to come. Yeah, you know, going in six and, and seven. Um, we still have a stars burns on the way. Uh, yes, yes. Season six. Um, we just we just watched Burns Air, which is also really good. Um, yeah, size Burns coming up. Um, so that was good. But the main thing I watched this week was uh, Line of Duty, uh, season five, right. which was the most recent season. Uh, of course, it is it does return tonight, season six. Uh, episode one is starting in fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, so you know, fine. Just saying, fella. If you go we quiet, this, we need to get this done by ten o'clock. So let's get sucking diesel. Um, 
Otherwise, uh, won't watch it tonight. Um, yeah, so season five was really good. It had Stephen Graham as the kind of the main guest star um, within it. Um, and he's a fantastic actor, obviously, you know, The Irishman and uh, Snatch and kind of Boardwalk Empire and everything else he's done. Yeah. So he was really, really good. Um, I thought all the main characters were very on form. It's It was a little bit, you know, like with most shows, once you get into kind of season four, five, six, you start to have to keep pushing the boundary and make, making things a little bit sillier, a little bit more dramatic. So it does suffer from that kind of season five syndrome of, well, it's getting a bit silly, but it's still enjoyable. But, you know, if they start to push it much further, it might get a bit too too much. Um, but overall, really, really good. Quite gory season. Like a lot of the deaths were really <laughs> gratuitous. It was like Game of Thrones at times. <laughs> um, some, of the, some of the deaths in it. Um, but yeah, overall, very, very kind of satisfying and kind of set up season six very well. So looking, looking forward to um, to that. So uh, yeah, that's why we watched this week. But we kind of plowed through that in the just in the week. So that was good. Yeah, I think I'm going to add that to my my list. Do that. That and Lupin both sound good. And I know, I know, I say it, but I will, I will look into them. They yeah. sound good. Yeah, I said I did not get around to watching season five on, on on Netflix, but now everyone I know is talking about how the new one is back tonight. So I was like, all right, I, I in the next week or so I will try and and get caught up. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's our uh, that's our telly guff. Um, we'll jump in here to the to the movie guff, and I suppose we, we, without any any further delay before we get into our various other movies, I suppose we should probably talk about. Um, the big elephant in the room, which is um, I rewatched Tom and Jerry, and now me and Paul are going to talk about it um, for a couple of hours. Is there an elephant in that in that movie? There is elephants, actually. There is elephants in that movie. There you go. Um, animated elephants, and they're quite good. No, uh, we, myself and Paul, have both watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. The <laughs> I don't know. This is this is probably pedantic. I was going to say it's just kind of for some reason it bothers me when people call it the Snyder Cut. It's like he's shot about three hours of extra footage in the last six months, so it's not the cut of the movie from three years ago. But that is being pedantic. We've watched the movie he put out anyway. Uh, Joe, you haven't Zach watched Zack Snyder's Justice League to to be precise. Official title, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right there, Hideo Kojima style name in the in the title. Um, uh, <laughs> Tom Clancy's Tom Clancy's Zack Snyder, you know. Uh, so, Joe, you haven't watched this? Oh no, of course not. No, okay. Um, well, just to get it to, to kick things off, I will say outright, I am shocked at the level to which I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, as has been well discussed on this show, um, I don't think any of us have an affinity for Zack Snyder. In particular, the I, I I don't I don't think the DC movies have been very good at all. Um, I think the best things they've done have been since they abandoned the universe idea and got away from him, and just started giving other directors a chance to do little fun little solo projects. Um, but I could not believe the level to which I enjoyed this and how quickly it felt watching a four-hour film. Um, I was quite caught off guard. What did you What did you make of it, Paul? I felt like it it was more 
like uh, like binge watching a TV show yes. than watching a. That's the the feeling I got, and not only because it's weirdly segmented, um, which felt to me like an aspect of the movie that they weren't quite sure about what they were doing with. Yeah, like Zack Snyder was just doing his thing, and they're like, "We'll release it in four parts," which was originally the plan, right? Yeah, but then it's it's got like seven segments to it. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that that's seven being a prime number. I'm not sure how that would work. Um, no, I I as a man who has never enjoyed a Zack Snyder movie, uh. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And I think most of the reasons um, of why I liked it were to do with how fleshed out and cohesive the film felt, or the series, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, the 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 art that we were watching. Um, characters who, in the 2017 version, um, felt like two-dimensional characters uh, cardboard cutouts now feel like fleshed out characters with clear backgrounds and motivations namely um cyborg right and the the best character in the movie steppenwolf who i wouldn't have said that about the 2017 version. no no but like steppenwolf i totally got as a villain totally understood um and when i originally saw the steppenwolf look i was like oh he's a spiky uh deviant art monster and, yeah <laughs> and now uh i now i see the 2017 version and i'm like what the fuck is that thing yeah um because this it worked in the context of the movie this time and i totally got why he wanted the MacGuffins, what um pressures he was under to succeed with his plan why he wanted it what the end game was like i understood every facet of that character um whereas before he was just a wacky looking PS3 cutscene come yeah. to life, you know. Um, so yeah, I really liked. I would say really liked the movie. I think the movie still has a lot of problems, specifically with Snyder sometimes having ideas that conceptually are very good in his head, but they can't quite put to film. Um, namely, there's one bit where without spoiling anything. One bit where a character um, turns like a laser beam thing on that yeah. shoots into one of the boxes. And then Batman and Cyborg in about 10 seconds spout about seven yeah. sentences <laughs> exposition of g- complete jargon nonsense. He was trying to he heat up the thing, make it the hottest thing in the world. Well, that means we need to use a thermal nuclear seeker, which I got what was my lab. Let's go quick. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is happening? Why is what? So sometimes I think Snyder has these high concept ideas that don't translate super well. But overall, I thought it was very good. Steppenwolf, in particular, like I said, I really liked. I liked a lot of the action. I think the the action scenes had a real in, intense feel to them that they maybe didn't before. I liked, in particular, the um, the bank uh, yes. terrorist attack yeah. with the kids and. All the, that worked really well I thought um, I don't know that I, I super I'm into Snyder's style look wise no. or the slow down speed up but um, overall I thought as a movie despite it being four hours um, I I thought I thought it worked more as a story than, than it did in 2017 where although I didn't hate the 2017 version definitely it's more of a hodgepodgey mess of styles and tones this one felt like 
a cohesive story. I got what the characters were doing. Very like I under <laughs> that, and that's not to understate that the film is good and the film is enjoyable. But for me to have as like my my top line of compliments, I understood what was happening. Mm. I I mean that to say the story was well told. Yeah, the characters were well defined. Um, and so yeah, for for the first time, I have to say that I think Snyder did a good job. What I will say though is, and sorry that I'm the only one talking for the last ten minutes, uh, Barry. But what I will say is I think um, I think there's one indictment of Snyder, which is that he has so many ideas that if it were cut down substantially from four hours, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And if if your idea or if your vision has to be four hours to accommodate the number of ideas you have, some people might say, well, it's good that a director can put out a four hour movie and have his vision unimpeded. But others might say, well, that just shows that you can't edit yourself down and make a, a, a movie of a more um, a more uh, accessible length. You yeah, know? four four hours and two minutes is is a long old slog. It's a long movie, and yeah, because there's there was there's something about it that I'm like struggling to put my finger on because I I wasn't looking forward to this because it's like okay, we don't like Zack Snyder's movies. They're all kind of overstuffed. And the thing is, I often find his movies badly paced. I feel like they're just, there's long periods where it's a slog. And then, yeah. and then like Man of Steel being the best example. And then there's all this action that does not end for an hour and it's completely numbing and pointless. Batman v Superman, the exact same. Oh my God, that movie is fucking tortuous. And then it's tortuous in a boring way. And then the second half of it is tortuous in, in that it's all this like, horrible grisly black dark grimy <laughs> numbing violence that just never ends and so the idea that oh, oh my god he's gonna make this four-hour movie it's gonna be relentless it's gonna be all his worst tropes and then there's, there's just something about it I, I struggle to put my finger on it when something about it just works more and i was trying to think like i i'd be fascinated to see is there, like different people working and editing on this than typically work with him. But I think you, you, you probably touched on something there. It's just by virtue of having the length, he was probably able to pace it better than he usually does. But that's, that's a compliment and an indictment because I, as much as yeah. I enjoyed, I don't want to watch, I don't want his next film to be four hours. Do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. you shouldn't have to do that to make your, to make your point. I, you kind of excuse this one because it's like it is like an event film now. Do you know what I mean? It is like, yeah, it is like I'm trying to think of a, of an equivalent. Do you know what I mean? It is like this this uh, urban legend movie that that people finally wished into existence. Um, yeah. I will also say that I, as someone who doesn't really like his movies, I I feel like the tropes that he does do. I, I, for whatever reason, they did just land with me better in this film compared to his others. Like, there's a lot of very obvious, very on-the-nose song choices, but they're kind of not as annoying as, like, Hallelujah and Watchmen or <laughs> um, The Times They Are Changing, which is, like, a good... Which is, like, one of the few good sequences in Watchmen, but it's also the most fucking... He uses that, and he uses All Along the Watchtower, and I'm like, oh, my God, did you just look on the first page of, like, my first song choice? Um, did you just Google song time you, change? Yeah, it's like whereas in this, it's like some of it's still very on the nose, but it's like it it lands better. Like I like the the there's the cover of you know uh, this mortal coil in that flash scene where you, where you're where he saves the girl. Yeah, like, that's really well. And I generally it. didn't find it as as playlisty as the other movies. No, it was especially in the second half. And I think it had a better score. I I, I thought the music yeah, was yeah. genuinely really good. 
big orchestral swells when it was needed. It has, it takes the one thing I liked of Man of Steel. It has, it has the audio cues. It has some of the snippets of the right. Zimmerman score for the, the poignant kind of Superman scenes. Um, it does overuse that Celtic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every time Wonder Woman's on screen, that one little clip 500 times. But apart from that, it was very good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, and the funny thing is, it's, it's kind of, it's like it is. It got the balance of that kind of grimy edge lordiness. It got it better than Batman v Superman, um, and it got oh, it, it got it better than the original cut of Justice League, which was just so tr- desperate. I mean, I would never rewatch it because I didn't enjoy it the first time. But it's like it would be fascinating to rewatch. I was trying to explain it to to Brona, who had never who had never seen the theatrical cut, and and I and um the, the shorthand version was like okay um any scene with a black person was not in the movie the last time they released it <laughs> um, which is like unfortunately which is true. like crazy it's like crazy you watch yeah, this yeah, version yeah. it's like oh my god i really noticed in a trend in what, in what the studio decided to cut um as like but i was like the, basically to sum up what the first movie the first cut of the movie was it was the most bare bones Batman goes and meets the characters. They join up. Um, the CGI monster wants these MacGuffins for reasons that are not clear. They fight him, and it ends. Um, like it is, it on paper, it is is the most go and get the MacGuffin movie ever, and yeah. and it's just it's it's crazy in hindsight that it, that this was the intro, this was like the film introduction of like Flash and Aquaman and and Cyborg yeah. all in one film, and they all got about like. 10 minutes of screen time um uh, th- which was just ill-advised regardless of how well it was done this time just the idea of how they tried to rush all that stuff into the the the, the first cut of the film was just crazy um it was such a <laughs> like dc and warner brothers have like the two claims to the poster child of like the horrible hodgepodge studio interfering we can fix this in editing movies with suicide squad and 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 justice league just these shitty horrific butcheries that they that they tried to design by committee um uh, yeah and like i'm i'm glad i knew they wouldn't but like no scenes with henry cavill's bad cgi face yeah. um, you know no, none of that stuff um so yeah um uh, it, it is also weird that there was a ton of stuff that he, he left in there as if in the mindset that, like, I'm just going to release this as I would have liked the world to have seen it in 2017 because there's a ton of stuff that's setting up other universe and sequely stuff. Yeah. And he's Now as he's doing the press junkets, he's kind of like, that's here's what would have happened. Like he's literally telling people what would have happened in, in, in the next quote unquote justice league movie. Cause I guess it's not happening. Cause they've, they've, they've pivoted away from this idea of, of the universe. And they're just like, as I said earlier, they're just giving directors movies and saying, just look, do something cool with this IP. Um, like I don't want to I don't want to give any stuff away because there's some cameos in there that I don't want to spoil for people, but it's, it's, it almost kind of feels like a sneaky, like, People are gonna want the rest of this, maybe. and people will want it as well now. Yeah, yeah. People will want it now. They just don't want the Joss Whedon version of it. God no. no. What people want is they want Zack Snyder to direct all the films, <laughs> <laughs> and just he constantly just do DC films now for the rest of his life. 
Um, and you know, this being a success, that's maybe the direction they'll they'll pivot again. Um, yeah, yeah. There was there was some character stuff, despite it being four hours long. There's still some character stuff that I thought was a bit under cooked. Aquaman, in particular, felt a little underdeveloped. If you hadn't seen already the Aquaman movie, he seemed to just be there to be hunky eye candy mm. and say my man my man <laughs> like yeah like he might as well have been wearing an affliction shirt for the, <laughs> of the movie do you know um also you're talking about there was no henry cavill's horrible mustache uh what did you make of amber heard's accent in it well having watched the the aquaman movie i think i was more accustomed uh, uh, oh my to god I, we, when, when we were watching it, I was trying to figure out. I was like, "Oh, because like none of this is in the original version." Yeah. Um. I was like, "I wonder, did they record that back then, or did they did they bring her back in in the last few months?" Um. Which would be interesting because you know yeah. I, I don't I don't think her phone's ringing off the hook these days. Um. Well, they must have because she was in uh, that scene later on. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Which you know, um, which I, I, I'll be honest, I, I liked that scene quite a bit. Um, without getting into spoilers, it's the, the Joker scenes that they've told everyone yeah. the Joker's in it. Um, with I, I, I will, I don't want to get into the scene or what they said or anything like that because I, I think people should see it for themselves. Yeah. But I will say that at one point, I thought it was a pretty good scene. I, I know some of the the Snyder freaks are talking about it like it's the greatest fucking. <laughs> the greatest Batman Joker scene you've ever seen, which is so not true. I liked it perfectly fine, except for the fact that at one point, the Joker had to, you know, when they're doing their banter about, you don't actually want to kill me, you need me. We're two halves at the same point. The same thing that every Batman and Joker do. They had to make a joke about how you actually want to have gay sex with me, you know, um, <laughs> which is just... So mortifying. It's like you're you're trying to rectify this like really shitty, non well regarded Joker performance that everyone looks at and has now become a huge meme for sort of ironic edgelord shit. And you still need to do that in your in your. It's so. I wish they left in the line about we live in a society. It would have been less cringe um, uh, than Joker saying he, he'd give Batman a reach around. <laughs> which is also a term I've not heard in about 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I'll say no more. But if people want to hear more about this movie in a more spoilery sense, keep your RSS feed updated and you might have a little surprise coming your way. I'll say no more. Um. One more point. I'll make one last point about this, then we can move on. I thought, and I don't really dislike Jared Leto, right? I thought he acted like Jim Carrey when he was acting as a Joker. He even did a little, (laughs) like, Ace Venturi laugh. But, um, yeah. I overall thought it was good. It was definitely worth a watch. So, uh, with all that said, that's our big... uh... That's our big hot topic, cultural touchstone, literally hot topic. If you want to go yeah. and get your Jared Leto um, Joker gear, um, so what else have you watched this week? What's the what's the Godzilla update? I believe you we rewatched the Shin Godzilla, the you know the best one. 
Yeah, the best one. The best Japanese one, certainly. Um, have that on Blu-ray. Stuck it on. Watched it. <laughs> Interesting if I turned it on and didn't watch it. But um, <laughs> yeah, still very good. It's uh, very different from all the other Godzilla movies in that it's a biting political satire and not a what you might imagine a Godzilla movie to be. Um, it's a, it's a political satire on with the framework of it happening during a Godzilla attack. So you have uh, little things like every character in the movie. There's there's really no protagonist. There's like two or three what you consider like main characters, and then there's if you look at the cast list maybe 200 other characters in the movie. And every time someone comes on screen, they get a subtitle with their uh, their rank in the military or their government job title or whatever. Okay. And they always address each other as like, oh, deputy finance sub-minister Karagawa or whatever. And so it has this constant over the top, like the, the job titles get longer and longer. It's like three lines <laughs> of subtitles. Um, so it's very, very, um, it's not even silly, but it's almost like mocking the, the government setup and, um, how much red tape there is to make even the smallest of decisions. Um, cause they're right. being attacked by Godzilla, obviously. And they're like, Oh, what are we, what are we going to do? And there's f- 500 people with different ideas and they have to blah, blah, blah. blah. And there's funny bits where they'll be, they'll be having a, a meeting, let's say 20 of the top officials, right? And the, the time on the meeting will run out or something will happen. And they say, oh, this meeting has to be adjourned. Let's go to the prime minister's room. And the same 20 people will get up and move to another room where they will sit down and have to sit, like continue the conversation under the auspices of it being a different meeting. Right. So it's a lot of that kind of humor to it. Um, it does, of course, have Godzilla scenes and Godzilla attacking city scenes. So for people who are oh. more into that side of it, that's there as well. But... Um, the whole package comes together as a really satisfying, really clever comedy, which I think is the only comedy in, in the entire series. Um, but yeah, super, super good, super funny. Um, the Godzilla is the best looking Godzilla they've ever done as well. It's I think it's the first ever CGI Godzilla done in Japan. Um, and it's really well done. Really, really cool. Uh, I then watched the three Netflix the Netflix trilogy of anime, uh, yeah, which yeah. were made by Toho, so they 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 fit under that umbrella. Uh, their Planet of the Monsters, City on the Edge of Battle, and the Planet Eater. I found that those progressively got worse. I quite enjoy the first one, um, because it it has quite a clever twist at the end where. Essentially, the setup is Godzilla has like won the war with humanity. So humanity up and left Earth. This is set in the future, obviously. Up and left Earth and are like looking for a new homeworld. And 22 years in, they decide that they're going to have to go back to Earth and try and claim Earth back. So they go back and the climax of the film is that they fight Godzilla uh, and win. Uh, but then it's revealed that the Godzilla they fought was not the original Godzilla from 20 years ago because of fluctuations in time space. For them, 22 years have, ha- have passed, but on Earth, it's been 20,000 years. And the original sure. Godzilla has evolved to this Godzilla four times the size. So they only killed a little offshoot Godzilla. There's a much bigger Godzilla. And they use like all their resources killing this little Godzilla. 
and that leads into the second third movies so um that's like the most interesting thing that happens in the trilogy <laughs> and from then the second movie is one of those middle movies in a trilogy where almost like the last jedi even though i like last jedi i think last jedi does have this problem which is that by the end of the film none of the characters have really developed they're kind of all back in the same place they yeah. were at the start so it has a bit of that and then the third one is is the most anticlimactic ending to a trilogy since i godfather 3 or something like that it's, wow okay it just kind of peters out the ending isn't very satisfying it has it ends with a kind of uh the the main character has to sacrifice himself for the greater good but it's done in a way that it you kind of see why they're doing it but also it feels dis- dissatisfying and kind of unnecessary um so yeah i think i gave them like a seven a five and a four or something like that okay not great. But that brings me to the point now that I've seen every Godzilla film. Um, I'm going to rewatch. I haven't rewatched yet the 2014 or 2019 legendary uh, right. Godzilla and King of the Monsters, but I have seen them. So I've seen every Godzilla film now. Uh, of the Japanese ones, I think I aggregated the scores that I gave them on Letterboxd, and the average is like a 5.5. So that mm. speaks to the quality of the series overall. Yeah, uh, there are good films in there. There's like sevens and eights, uh, but there's also like ones and twos. So, yeah. um, maybe someday I could do a, a top a top ten Godzilla movies and talk about them in depth. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, all done with them. Happy to be done because, uh, you know, thirty. How many films are there? 34, I think, 34 films I've watched <laughs> in the course of like two months. 34 Godzilla films. Yeah. Which is maybe why I enjoyed Justice League so much because it was just, there wasn't a rock and Godzilla. <laughs> there wasn't enough. a big dinosaur in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, ben, Barry, Ben Affleck was in Justice League. Sorry. Oh. Um, oh. Although, oh, let's just talk one, sorry, one more point about Justice League. <laughs> At the very, very end, Ben Affleck comes out of his house. And he's a hundred pounds lighter than he's been in the rest of the <laughs> film. What was that? Um, so yeah, that's all the films I have watched. The Oscar movies are out. I haven't watched any of them except like Borat. So I think I'm going to take a year off maybe from that. This well, year. you've seen you've seen the good one. So <laughs> Borat was not good. It was good, as we discussed last week. I, like. <laughs> I did not like. Or what's the, what does he say in the in the first one? This suit, this suit is a black knot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not like this film. Yeah, cool. Um. Well, I I did watch an Oscar movie. I know. Um, this week I watched a movie called Minari. Uh, starring... Minari Suzuki. <laughs> no, I actually don't know what. Minari is. I learned from the film. Obviously, it is some variety of crop. Okay, and I don't know much else about that. Anyway, Minari uh, is about a uh, Korean family um, who are living in California, but they move to Arkansas. Uh, I think I might be getting that. Is it Arkansas? It is. I believe it is Arkansas. Um, just to to kind of uh, get a better life for themselves. They're working in an industry I have never heard of prior to this film, which is ch- chicken sexing, which is not what it sounds like. They're not they're not doing bad things to animals. It's basically mm-hmm. um, uh, working in like uh, 
you know, a dairy or or uh, um, not a battery necessarily. That's an abattoir. No, no yeah, no, yeah, no. kind of, yeah. So, so basically, and they're filtering through recently birthed chicks, and they're literally looking at their genitals and sorting them by male, female, um, to figure out who's who's because uh, uh, females obviously can produce more eggs and apparently are tastier to eat, and then the boys get literally shoved into a furnace. Um, <laughs> so they're they're doing this job. Just um, like society, am I right? Am I right? Humans, yeah, we're all we're all just cruising into the big inferno of life. Um, but yeah, so the the premise of the film is, is they do this job. They move to Arkansas to do it. But the reason they move to Arkansas is that the dad uh, has these aspirations of being this farmer, and he wants to start up his own business, and he wants to supply, and he wants to farm, you know, Korean vegetables. He doesn't want to just go to America and do American farming. He wants to set up his own business and all this other stuff, and get them out of the. Um, you know, this shitty job they have. And they've got two kids and an ill grandmother and, you know, they're having to kind of um, uh, tighten the purse strings and stuff. They're living in, like, a mobile home. And it's basically just a a kind of a a family drama about the dad trying to uh, uh, make it and then the struggles of the rest of the family um, trying to kind of adjust to their new living arrangements. Um, and it is really, 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 really wonderful. Um, I really, really liked it. Um, again, I, it's the, the Stephen Yoon is, is kind of the lead actor, but what I really loved about it is each of the family members kind of has their own struggle and are characterized really well. And it's not just kind of the family in support of the dad. It's kind of they all have their own separate dynamics. Obviously, as you know, an Asian family in 1980s, Arkansas, it's like, you know, they there are like cultural differences, but it's not an overt um, <laughs> you know, we got run out of town by racists kind of movie. It's more kind of they they don't encounter any assholes over the course of the story, but it's it's also people who just don't really know how to deal with them because they're they're from a different place, um in in a kind of innocent kind of way, if that makes sense. Um, and it's it's basically just all about their individual struggles, but about how you know family makes it work and all that. Uh, but not as cheesy as I've as I've said. I I really thought it was fantastic. It's really sweet. It's really really powerful. It's really um, uh, uh, it feels it feels very real. The performances are, are really great and down to earth. Um, yeah, so really fantastic. That would probably be my favorite of the the, the films I've seen. Uh, significantly, the the more the more films I watch, the more I'm like, if Trial of the Chicago Seven wins, it's like basically any category it's nominated for, it's going to be a farce because it's so it, it's very mid relative to the rest of the stuff I've seen. Um, but yeah, Minari is fantastic, um, so I recommend people give that a watch. Uh, I don't know, I have to find it on the internet. I don't know. I don't believe it's on any legitimate streaming site over here so you may have to seek that out elsewhere oh no pretend i didn't say that uh other other stuff i watched i watched zero which is a short film uh on youtube you can uh, find it for free it's about 14 minutes long uh, check it out because it's it's starring uh, bella ramsey who was of course cast as ellie in the hbo adaption of the last of us so it's like i'll check this out didn't really get much of a feel for her in game of thrones like she has a handful of scenes and she doesn't really do anything in them. Um, so I was like, let's see what it's, she's in. And um, it's good. It's good. It's, it's, and it's, it's, 
I can understand why people would recommend it because it, it is a little bit Last of Us-y. It's in a sort of sci-fi dystopia where some big EMP goes off. Uh, her dad dies and she's effectively on her own in this house. And she has to uh, board the house up and eat and survive in the house uh, for the foreseeable. And that's the premise. And it's pretty good. Um, I recommend people check it out. It's not it's not going to blow your mind, but it's, it's, it's a nice little short film if you're into your sci-fi. So I watched that. And then earlier this afternoon, uh, we watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is the uh, Mr. Rogers movie, um, which I believe we talked about in this podcast. Really. And I thought it was quite nice. I, I wasn't blown away by it, but I, I thought it was a nice, it was a nice Sunday afternoon movie um, uh, with some good performances. Obviously, Tom Hanks great in it. But um, yeah, not too many takes about that one. But um, yeah, those are my those are my movies for the week. Cool. Funny um, you mentioned Minari because... Uh, I also watched a film about Asians moving to America to find the American dream. Um, okay. It was a documentary. It was called uh, The Donut King. Um, it's about this guy called uh, Ted. Not his real name. It's his, that was his adopted kind of American name. Um, but he he fled Cambodia um, after the Ca- Cambodian genocide in the 70s. And Pol Pot and all that. Bad, bad shit. Um, a lot of Cambodians went to America as, as refugees, and this particular guy kind of ended up in, in California, and he um, set up um, a donut shop. So just not, not exactly randomly, but he, he got a job in a donut store and kind of learned the trade there and ended up starting up his own store. Um, and he then built up somewhat of an empire of uh, donut shops across California, because what you do as more um, Cambodian uh, refugees would come over to America. He would help get them set up as kind of a franchise, or you know, as part of his chain. And so, I think uh, by the end, he had something like sixty or seventy different donut shops uh, across California, and was worth you know millions and millions. So, this guy who you know started out as a kind of refugee in a in a Red Cross camp in America ended up being this. Um, you know, kind of donut magnate in California. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting. And, it, and it, it kind of goes into the sort of culture, the donut shop culture in California as well, because apparently they have like five times as many donut shops in California as any other state in America. And it's partly because of this guy and, and the whole culture of, of, you know, these people coming over and starting up these shops. And obviously Michelle was you know, very familiar with these kind of donut stores because they have them everywhere. And they have the kind of very trademarks or pink box of our donuts, um, you know, that you'll see people kind of buying and, and taking to work. And you've probably seen in The Simpsons when Homer's eating like a pink pink box of donuts. Mm. And that's the kind of inspiration for it. So it's very interesting. It starts off a little bit kind of frothy because they just keep going on about donuts and how nice donuts are and people like mm. donuts. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we get it. We know what donuts are. <laughs> but then it starts to get a bit more into the actual, you know, the conflict um you know over there and it starts to talk about you know what the immigrants kind of refugees kind of went through as they were coming to america um and then it starts as it gets towards the end it starts to kind of really um, delve into a bit more of a darker side about what ended up kind of happening um with these chains of shops and with this this guy ted and his family um and it then starts to look at the kind of modern more modern trends of these very instagrammable donuts um with you know 50 oreos piled on top of them and stuff coming out the sides and all this kind of thing and um, it was it's a really interesting documentary i would have liked if it had gone a bit more into the, the slightly more kind of darker or um you know 
societal stuff, but it didn't really do that until the end. But um, still a fun watch anyway. It's got probably like a ninety-minute documentary, and um, if you didn't if you didn't know too much about the um, Cambodian um, donut empire in California, then you will come away learning an awful lot about about those people and about um, about that kind of unique subculture. So yeah, really really interesting uh, little documentary. It's on Now TV, I think. Hmm. Okay. There you go. I must check actually. I, I hope the uh, the fine folks at Now will have that HBO uh, Q and on documentary tomorrow. It's up tonight. Mm. Um, they get most of the HBO stuff, so I, yeah. I would I would hope so. Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, some solid movies there. I might check out that uh, the Donut King. Uh, video games this week. Who's been playing some video games? Video games. Hmm. I've been playing a little bit. Not a crazy amount. Go on. Um, dip my toe back into Fall Guys. Hmm. For the first time in a while, I don't really know why. I just had had the feeling. That's so weird. I also did this week for the first time since. I, I don't even think they were doing their seasonal format by the time I, I previously played it. It's, right. been, it's been ages. Yeah. Seems like they um they updated some of the older games. Uh, I found yes. the seesaw the seesaw game to be far more severe than it used to be. Um but yeah, still super fun. I think I played about five, six, seven rounds of it, got mm. to the final twice, didn't win either of them. Um yeah, that game is still super fun. It's coming to Nintendo Switch uh, soon. Oh enough. yeah, but uh, yeah, it's great. How'd you yeah, play? I, I, I played. I played some of it on on Friday. Uh, the, uh, we're kind of making, you know, I think I mentioned it before. Friday, kind of a games night with me and my, my yeah. pals. And God, last week was just a fucking disaster because we were trying to play PC games, and oh, the Epic Game Launcher had to fucking update. And we wanted to play Uno, which is an Ubisoft published game, but I bought it on Epic. So you boot up Epic and then you pick Uno, but then Uno has to launch the Ubisoft launcher and your pals are sending you invites, which comes in through the Ubisoft launcher. And oh, and then the games. I was like, God, I cannot stand this shit. So we were kind of like, let's do something else. And so we so he's like, what does everyone have? Because we had a bigger group as well. Then you can only have four players. And so like, what can we all play? So it's like, all right, we'll, we'll do Fall Guys. And it was great. It was genuinely really fun. I mean, I think it's... Uh, also, it's like well, the last time I was playing it, it was still on the PS4, and it, I, even though it was a lot better than launch, but like it was still very spotty performance-wise, and the servers were on fire. Obviously, all that stuff's fixed now. Um, but yeah, it, it it was um it was fun. It was fun. I don't think I think I don't think I'm gonna stick with it and be like, oh, I'm back into Fall Guys in a big way. Um, but it was nice. It was it was it was nice to check back in on it, and it's um. Yeah. They now have after you know they they just finished their third season. They genuinely now have a, a huge abundance of maps, where where there's not there's very little repetition. And as you said, there's the season one maps are still in there, but there's multiple versions. You can get versions with mods on it, and then you can right. get the vanilla versions. Like so, it's it's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. So so thumbs up on the old fall guys. You played anything else this week? Uh, I'm still on Mario 3D World. I'm on the last world, World Crown, which is the very, very last world, the fourth of the secret worlds. Uh, again, got every. I think you need to have every star, every stamp, and every 
gold flag to unlock the last world. So I, oh, I did, yeah. all that, okay. did all that. Uh, the last world's only got three levels in it. It's got a toad house, which I finished, or Captain Toad. Excuse me, Captain Toad. Done that one. It's got a Mario Odyssey style darkest side kind of. Yeah, okay. It's called Champions Road. It's one of those super long levels that has no checkpoints, no powers. And then it's got a mystery house, which is, I think they're early, early in the game, you find they're like the little cubes. And you go in, you've got 10 stars. You have like 10 seconds each you have to do in a row. Uh, but this one's got 30 stars. So you have to do all 30 in a row Jeez. in one go. Um, so I got to like 14. And I haven't got further than that. Partially because the 10th star is one where you have to use the ice skate power-up. Have you used that in the game yet? Where you're in the no, ice skate? I'm still, I, oh, we need to get back to it because we're playing it yeah, together. Yeah, you're still super early in it. Yeah, I'm very, very early. The uh, the ice skate basically has like tank controls, so oh. it's a bit tougher to control, and that's like the tenth star out of thirty. So if you get past it, you know you don't know what's coming because you've not repeated those levels so much. Whereas the first like nine, I know back to front, I can do them super easy because I have the muscle memory. But I've only got past that level once, and I only got up to fourteen, so I haven't been able to uh, get any further than that, unfortunately. But um, otherwise, I'm hoping to have a finish soon enough. I do want to start playing um, Bowser's, Bowser's Fury, Fury, but it's 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 maybe something that I won't like. I want to finish the game. I have finished. It. I've rolled credits on the game already. Yeah, but I have, do want to. Yeah. F- I want to finish these last three levels, but it's not something that I'm going to spend uh, twenty hours doing. You know. So, but uh, yeah, that game is great. The last couple of worlds in particular, I thought the difficulty spiked really high, but actually it's not as bad as you thought. Um, it's just that when I initially played through the first eight worlds or whatever, you can pretty much collect the stars as you go. With the later levels, there's a lot more like just play through, beat the level, and then when you finish the world, go back and pick the stars that you missed. I found right. that was the easiest way to play it. So yeah, I have something like 350 stars. Wow. Uh, something like that. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's really, really fun game. Really, really enjoy it. That's all. Um, yeah, I've uh, been playing more uh, Psychonauts, which I talked about last week. Uh, the, the more that game kind of opens up, the more... like It's so weird. It really does remind me of a Banjo-Kazooie or... A, right. Uh, a, a platformer of that era but it's from 2005 so you know it's got a map and decent camera controls and you know that stuff and also i think most important I, i'm not sure i'd be sticking with it if not for it has that double fine tim schaefer humor which i really really like the characters right. are all kind of kooky and odd and the art is weird and i'm, I'm enjoying that um that is quite, it's kind of funny that is the main thing i'm using my ps5 for at the moment is to play a 15 year old ps2 game <laughs> Yeah. Um, because uh, I'm I'm really getting some use out of the the Xbox. The old the Game Pass gods were were smiling down this week. Uh, all the Bethesda stuff got dumped on there, um, with the exception of like one or two games, like uh, Fallout Three. I don't think is on there. There's Something no, mad there's no, like that. It's it's a really weird collection of games to the point that I'm thinking it must be there must be some weird loophole where it's on like PlayStation Now or some shit like that, and so it can't right. be elsewhere. Because there's no Doom 2016, which is the good one. 
uh, but they've got literally every other Doom, including 64 on there. Um, Wolfenstein, the, of the new Wolfensteins, it doesn't have two, which is, again, the best one. Mm. Um, and yeah, Fallout 3. But it has New Vegas, which is pretty good. Um, and it has Oblivion, Skyrim, and Morrowind, which I almost kind of want to download out of curiosity. because no, it's, like it's, it's unplayable. If, is it if, okay? you, if you started with... <laughs> Like even from the point of view of having played Oblivion, I try yeah. to go back to Morrowind. It's, it's too it's too abstruse. There's a good game, a good uh, word for an Irishman. I should um, probably I should probably finish one of the six versions uh, of Skyrim I have anyway before Skyrim I, is Skyrim is the easiest one to play. I I loved yeah. Oblivion when I played it in like 2005, but Morrowind is too far a step back to. Get it. I should. Um, I have. I have. I have. Skyrim on the Switch, and it's actually a really fun version of the game. It's a cool game to just pick up and just lay right. around with. But but like every other version, I I put a couple hours into it, and then I'm just kind of like, <laughs> you know, it just it just loses my. But anyway, it's Skyrim is good. But yeah, so uh, among the things they um, uh, they put on was the Dishonored games. Um, I've played both of them. I never finished the second one, so I downloaded them both. I'm replaying the first one at the moment. Um, Dishonored is really great uh, and this particular version of it is great because they're harnessing all their fancy tech all their new Xbox tech to, uh, I think this originally came out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360 so, um, you know, it's decently old so you'd kind of want some enhanced improvements out of this version on a new system so it has obviously it's 60 frames per second which is great and the most impressive thing is it has like almost non-existent load times, which is great. Um, if anyone hasn't played Dishonored, it's kind of a first-person shooter, but with a heavy emphasis on like stealth and superpowers. You can teleport, you can possess people, you can do or see through walls and stuff. And so it's kind of got a heavy emphasis on choice. You can go violent, non-violent. You can try and sneak past everyone. You can rewire enemy tech against them. And so there's a big emphasis on experimentation. But where that was kind of punishing on the old consoles was if you tried around, if you messed around with a new toy or a new idea and it fucked up, the load times were as long as like 120 seconds, not 120 seconds, like about 100 seconds. And it's like, that's really punishing for a game that's also encouraging you to experiment. Now on the series, it's two seconds, like it's less than two seconds. It's really, really impressive. Um, so I'm replaying Dishonored 1. I, I'm definitely going to finish it because I, I I played the first two hours. I was like, oh yeah, this game's class. And also this version of it is way better than the version I was playing back then. So um, I'll finish that and then I want to do Dishonored 2 because I, I never actually finished that on, on the previous generation. Uh, and the other thing uh, I'm playing on Game Pass, non-Bethesda non developed, is Empire of Sin, which is a game I was really looking forward to. And then it hit, and the reviews were extremely tepid, and so I was kind of bummed out. And I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind." But in the same in the same vein of when something comes to Netflix, it pops up on Game Pass. I'm like, "All right, okay, I'll give this a go." Since it's mm-hmm. not going to cost me money, um, right. so it's developed by Romero Games. Um, Brenda Romero um, is the I think the director of it, head of the studio, and effectively, it's like a real time strategy game where you're a Prohibition era mobster in Chicago. And so it's a management sim. You're um, running various rackets around town. You're getting into beefs or getting out of beefs with rival gangs. And basically, you're just trying to make as much money and take over as much of the town as you can. Um, And it is 
while still being pretty accessible, it's so, so, so deep. Um, and when you kind of, that's the kind of the macro of the game and the micro is you can kind of zoom in and it's like turn-based combat when you want to take over someone else's brothel or whatever. Um, so it's it's really, really fun. It's super buggy, unfortunately, which is kind of one of the reasons it was tepidly received. Um, I was really liking it because it's one of those games where really your own, you, just you playing it and all the systems playing out around you will mean you create your own story, if that makes sense. So I remember I... I I, I'm playing as like a, a French gang that you can choose which gang you want to play as. And this Irish gang wanted a um wanted to do business with me. They wanted to set up a standing order. Like they wanted to give me beer in exchange for money. And I was like, no, I don't really feel like that. And then so my rating with them went down. Next thing you know, they're like attacking all my my um businesses, the, the brothels, the speakeasies, the the distilleries and all this other stuff so so you know you have to invest money to up the security in those locations and then you have to attack them back and then other gangs are like oh we'll join you or or it's more in my interest if you come sit down with me and end this beef with her so i'll give you money it's just just all this kind of stuff going on and it's really really cool i think about i feel like across the weekend i put about 10 or 11 hours into it um because it's really it's really moorish but unfortunately i currently have two story missions ongoing where i'm fairly sure the character i have to speak to has not spawned into the world and so i can't finish right. it and i'm like okay one is is pretty bad but two is kind of getting to the level where i'm like all right i don't know if i can keep playing this game right because i'm i'm unfortunately being really significantly hindered by this which is really because it's 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 really it's really good and it's really interesting and and there's so many little touches uh to it that i that i appreciate um, like, so you're running around and you're getting into fights, you're taking over bars, and obviously you've, you've lackeys, for lack of a better term, with you, um, and they all have unique traits and abilities, and, you know, if you take one of them on loads of missions, their loyalty to you goes up. If you take two of them out on a load of missions together and you put hours and hours in, they can form friendships, which will then give them boosts in combat. Like, it's really, really interesting. They can get, they can get nicknames based on certain things you do in the game, like, I have one character who, not even something I was deliberately doing, but she got a lot of melee kills, and so she got some nickname, like, The Butcher or some shit like that. Like, again, just all surface-level kind of flavor stuff that I think is really cool. Um, I just wish it, it worked a bit a bit better. It, it, has, it has some jank in it that's kind of amusing. Some of the animations are a little... It's not The Last of Us, do you know what I mean? It's not hyper-realistic running animations. It's some very stilted, you know, stick man running to 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 place. But um, yeah, it's it's. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep checking in on it and hope that some of the bugs work themselves out. But that's um, that's a mixed bag, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So those are my those are my games uh, for the week. I've been playing some games. Go on, uh, I did, what? I, I finally bought a uh, memory card for the Switch. Oh, and, mm. um, got a good deal. I got it off Amazon. I think it was. I got the 128 gig one. Uh, yeah. It was only like 20 quid. That was pretty yeah. good. Um, so yeah, I downloaded the, the enormous Doom Eternal uh, that's been <laughs> in my queue for the last like three months. Much <laughs> right. I bought it. Um, so I did start playing that, but then I didn't really have much time to get into it. I played about 10, 15 minutes of it. 
um, after I'd set up my Bethesda account and all that bullshit. Like, oh, I just want to play the fucking game. Um, yeah, so I played played a little bit of it, and it, it started out, you know, quite fun. Um, the the funny thing is, and this is going to sound really strange, I've never played a first person shooter on a console before. Like mm. literally never. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. Because when I had consoles, I only had platform platform games, football, racing. Yeah, no GoldenEye. But, yeah. Or... but yeah, no, I never, yeah, I didn't have GoldenEye. So I've only played um, first-person shooters on a PC uh, using okay. a mouse and a keyboard. And so trying to aim with the <laughs> with the control pad was so hard. I was like, I don't know how I'm actually going to play this game. I think I'm going to have to practice okay. for like hours just to get used to using the... Um, you know, the stick to, to actually aim and, and shoot zombies or the demons. Whatever. Right. Um, so that was, that was my kind of worry when I first started playing it. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be impossible. Um, but anyway, yeah, it looks it looks really fun. I'm sure once I've got a bit more time, I will kind of invest it into it and get into that. Um, but what I've mainly been playing this this week is a bit of the old Rocket League Season 2. Um, oh. So I've had this on had this on Switch for a while, but I hadn't actually bothered to kind of log in and, and play. So I'd used to I used to play a lot on PC, um, probably going back kind of five years or so. Um, a lot of Rocket League, um, you know, quite not, not not too bad at it. I used to play a few competitive games and not do too badly, but it's been a while. So I went in and I've been playing, and I think what's changed since I last played Rocket League is that it's it's gone free, so obviously anyone anyone can play it now. And I think that's meant that there's a lot more players um, kind of within the game, which means there's also a lot more shit players within the game because right. <laughs> there's it's not as much of a barrier to entry. Um, so I've actually been doing pretty well playing in the kind of non-competitive games just to, you know, shake off the rust and, and get my eye back in. Um, yeah, it's such a fun game. Obviously, it hasn't changed really at all over the last you know several years, except a few new skins and a new arenas and that kind of thing. So it's fundamentally the same game. So it's just really, really fun, though. I th- you just get into it so quickly, and as you know, as soon as you start clearing balls off the line, or you you nearly score, or you fly through the air and do a little flick and, and get the ball in, it's you know I'm jumping off off the sofa like. Fucking right. yeah, this game is great. You know, came back from four nil down to win five four in overtime uh, yesterday, <laughs> and my both I was playing in a, a three three versus three, and both my teammates wanted to forfeit the game. They kept you know clicking forfeit as, as often as they could. And I was like, no, I do not give up. I'll see this through. I will see this through to the bitter end. Uh, and of course, we end up coming back from the four nil to, to win five four, so it was, it was worth it in the end. But yeah, wow. that's a fun game, and I you know jump on that for five ten minutes and do a couple of games. That's that's really fun. So I'll probably be playing a lot more of that sort of here and there in the uh, months to come. So yeah, the old Rocket League still still great. This this me games. Lovely. Very good. A uh, big old week for the games. Then we'll jump in to the emails. She wants to go first with the emails, lads. Uh, I have them open here. Um, first email is from Scott the Boy McAvoy. Uh, he says, Good evening, Paul. With all the ranting and raving that fans did to get the Snyder cut of the Justice League out, was there any way that the movie could have lived up to the hype? Usually you can't make a bad movie better by making it longer, so I don't have much hope for this one. Well, you'll have heard our thoughts on that movie mm. already. 
Uh, granted, I don't have the seven hours of free time needed to watch the original <laughs> and the new version to see if it makes a difference or not, so I'll never know. Well, I, I didn't revisit the original one, so I no, don't no. have I don't have that context either. But um, that new one is is well watchable, Scott. You might want to give it a go. Uh, do you think I've this also situation... just anic- sorry, Paul? I, I, I will say anecdotally, I know I know like three people who have watched it in segments because it is segmented in a, in, in that right. way. So yeah. you 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 can watch it in like hour or two hour chunks, and it it doesn't yeah. it doesn't hinder the flow too much if that if that makes it more digestible. Yeah, and you could also skip the last half hour if you want. <laughs> um, do you think this situation could set a bad precedent for fans thinking they have a say in how a movie is made and what should be included? Uh, are movie fans trending towards wrestling fans where everyone has no idea what it takes to make a hit movie or wrestling storyline, but they all think they can fix what is wrong with the business? Most movies are already stretched thin by focus groups that force things into movies. Can you imagine what a Justice League or Avengers movie would be like if they let the fans decide who would be in them? I mean, yeah, you have that already with um, Star Wars as well and the reaction yeah. to your Last Jedis of the world and this and that. I'm more in favor of, yeah, a director is brought in and the director... Whatever the director's vision is, that should be what's put on screen. Yeah, I'm told, I I don't like the idea of focus groups. I understand that m- movies are a business and they're to make money, but um, when you think of like the the best movies of all time, um, Godfather, Twelve Angry Men, um, yeah, I, I, you don't <laughs> jingle you don't jingle all the naturally. You don't <laughs> hear of cases where. The original director was kicked off. They brought in another director to finish the movie. Like, has that ever worked? Has has a movie ever been better for that? I I'm not sure. Uh, Scott also has a not a true pick one, but more along the lines uh, of a topic for a. Hmm. One second now. Let me think about this. Uh, Wonder Taker, explain as well on the side there, brothers of discussion. <laughs> if you were offered a million euro to give up for one year, either TV shows or movies, which do you think you could do? Could you give up The Simpsons and Lost? Stop watching the Oscar movies and the Three Stooges film? <laughs> f- f- fuck you, Scott, first of all. What, what about giving up the footy? Would that make the decision easier for you and Joe? Have a great week. Um, I don't know. Because I don't watch a huge amount of TV, at least modern TV. But uh, well, 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 hang on now. Um, I I think I could, I would find it easier to give up movies. Um, I do like a good TV show, and also I, I watch most. Of, I watch most of the good movies already. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> but whereas with TV, I feel like I have more glaring. Like I've never watched Sopranos. I never watched The Wire. Um, you know, there's X Files. There's stuff there. Twenty four shows that I've never watched, so I can. I can go through them. Whereas film-wise, of the top two fifty in IMDb, I've probably seen at least half of them. Um, a second email comes in from Scott. Side project that will never happen. Good evening, Paul. Uh, one of your emails last week made me think of a project that would be great to listen to, but will never happen. Um, bring Chris Blake back. No, he didn't. He didn't write that. And that'll damn sure never happen. Not while I'm alive. Wow. Everyone on the show has at one time or another watched an entire filmography of an actor. I don't think Barry's done that. I think me and Joe have done that. No. 
Um, it would be great to hear those reviews compiled into a single episode. Uh, the reason why I know this will never happen is that it would take a lot of effort and time, and none of you could be bothered with that shite. Not only would it take effort and time, uh, I also don't know which episodes contain which reviews. So I would literally need to listen to every episode. Um, that's one of the problems with not correctly tagging your episodes, which I've never bothered to do. So, yeah. It also made me think of the Walking Home movie reviews you used to do. Those are always fun. That was the origin of Movie Guff. That was the podcast I used to do called Movie Guff, which then became the name of the segments on our show. That's where that came from. Uh, if nothing else, I know Joe watched all of the Tom Hanks movies and you've watched the Godzilla and the Rock movies. Are there any other careers you'd like to do a watch through of? George Clooney, Brad Pitt, John Goodman. Have a good week, Scott. John Goodman's pretty interesting one. Yeah, I mean, given that I've done the Rock one and I'm just off the back of doing the 34, 36 movie Godzilla marathon, I would like to take a break from doing those kind of things for a while. Um, and before picking up anyone else, yeah, I, I, it would be based on how many of the movies um, I've seen and how many of the movies I am yet to see and the films that I'm yet to see, how good they are, rather than just picking out of the air Clune Dog or whoever, you know? Yeah. Um, I did, you know, uh, the only thing like that that I've done is I did recently, in the lead up to Endgame, rewatch all the Marvel movies, but they're all movies we've all seen anyway, so it's not that exactly not that crazy. Um, yeah, and I, I, I would never commit full time to to filling out my 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 video game adaptation list because I would I would lose the will to watch cinema. Um, yeah, if I was to start mainlining that stuff, I suppose it also matters how accessible the films are. Um, yeah. Like I said, the Godzilla films were almost all on the Internet Archive, and the ones that weren't, I own on Blu-ray or they're on Netflix. So there wasn't a problem there. Um, as far as the Walking Home movie reviews, hmm, that's all I'll say about that. Keep an eye on your RSS feed. Mm, the forbidden door. The f- oh, there is maybe <laughs> a forbidden door of types happening. Uh, we'll say no more. What, what I'll say is keep an eye on your RSS feed and maybe check out next week's podcast for... Hmm. There are my emails. Uh, I've got All right, you have emails? Yeah, one from, email from Scott. He says, um, thanks for that image I can't get rid of. I think we know what he's, he's referring to there from last week. Um, I don't. <laughs> Um, anyway, it goes on to say, good evening, Joe. Last week when you were discussing AEW and what is coming up, you said we were going to see Paige versus Matt Hardy. And in my head, I heard Paige here but versus Matt. <laughs> and I had the image of another hack of her phone getting out. Oh, dear. Um, with the image of Paige, Matt Hardy, and Xavier Woods um, recording some- <laughs> something. <laughs> I won't say what Scott's written here. But anyway... Um, along that lines, what was the last thing you misheard um, that either made you cringe or laugh? Oh, I don't know. Mm. There's something today that made me laugh, but I can't. I had a, had a friend text me earlier asking me if I'd ever done a an IPA course, and I thought he meant Indian Pale Ale. Yeah, a beer course. 
is that not what that is? No, he meant the Institute of Practitioners of Advertising, which is like the trade body of, of you know advertising and marketing. Oh. Um, which I have actually done. I've I've done their courses, but anyway, that was that was funny. Um, I can't think of any at the moment, but if we do, if I do come up with some, Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring them up. But uh, yeah, thanks for putting that image in our heads of a uh, page in Matt Hardy. Um, he also gives us a pick one pretty boy edition, which contains uh, Jared Leto, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ryan Goslin. Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> the quickest one we've ever had to do. I, I yeah, it's got. A, we, I think we're all big Gyllenhaal fans here. Yeah. And Leto, I mean, what? What has he done? Not much, really. No, he was an American Psycho. He was in Fight Club. Mm. He was in Justice League. Well, yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think Ryan Gosling's but, had a couple of good films as well. But yeah, Gosling's in like Drive. Um, what's the one? Place Behind the Pines. What's that movie called? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That. yeah. Leto is in. 30 Seconds to Mars. They have one good song. I always forget that he's, yeah, he's a musician. He was in Urban Legend. Oh. Yeah, I think Dallas Spires Club. Jillian Hall's got like a, a great back record. He's got Your Zodiac, yeah. Your Brokeback Mountain, Your Source Code, Prisoners, End of Watch, Nightcrawler, you know, Enemy, Enemy, Spider Man Far From Home. Donnie Darko, yeah. I think Jill for all of us. Thanks for that. Scott, that's my emails. I, I have two emails here. Uh, first one is from Scott. Uh, he's following up on something I mentioned in Life and Guff for last week. Uh, he's got some recommendations for me on the old comic books. Uh, I did finish the 1994 Deadpool miniseries, still working my way through 1997. Enjoying that. Uh, if I may give you a series to read that is very entertaining, I'd suggest all the Thanos books written by Jim Sterling. Thanos, Infinity Siblings, Infinity Relativity, Infinity Revelation, Infinity Finale, and Infinity Ending. All excellent. Mm. Uh, and I'd highly recommend Thanos Wins by Donnie Cates. It's funny there, um, Scott mentions Jim Sterling. It is funny looking through the, the Marvel app and seeing all the names that have passed through over the years and written stories. Jim Sterling... Christopher Daniels, CM Punk, Patton Oswalt, like it's like there's just such a weird hodgepodge of of names um, uh, that have tried their hand at, at comic writing over the years. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for those, Scott. He goes on and says, uh, "Any Punisher series by Garth Ennis is excellent as well." Uh, I am reading his Punisher 2000 series at the moment. Love Garth Ennis, love uh, Preacher. Want to read more of the boys? I have extra volumes over here that I haven't read. But yes, reading his Punisher series at the moment, really enjoying it. I uh, says, since you have a Marvel app subscription, if it's available, you might want to look into Comixology. Uh, they have a similar monthly subscription service, but it's for all publishers. I, I did look into that. It's I checked ages ago. It's, it wasn't available in Europe. It's still not available in Europe. I really don't know why. Um, and also DC's streaming gimmick is also not available over here, which is a pain. Um, Comixology is a good resource. It has every thing imaginable from every publisher, but it's still uh, by 
buy individually over here. Um, so yeah, but I will, I'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure it's something they're working on. Uh, Scott goes on to say, since none of you were impressed with Division, what do you think would work uh, for series from the Marvel Universe? Would an eight-episode arc giving the background and origin of various characters that would then show up in the movies work? Maybe an anthology or uh, anthology where two episodes per origin story. They could do a 12-episode arc with the background origin story of the Sinister Six before the next Spider-Man movie. Maybe do a drama based on the families and how they deal with the stress of being related to a superhero. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't really know at this stage. I just don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what I would like from from these shows. Do you know what I mean? Uh, um, I think the I think the anthology idea interests me a little bit more. Um, two episodes per hour is a story. Yeah, you know I can see that. Um, or uh, maybe something I don't know. Maybe even something like I said earlier when we were talking about the Falcon show. I was like uh, something a bit more action packed. I, I feel like I could. I could Especially after one division, I feel like I could do with these shows dialing it down a notch in the melodrama. I feel like I could almost go for something a little bit more procedural. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, you know, like from watching the old Spider-Man cartoon on Disney, I kind of feel like it's it, they they would never do it because it's like a it's like a fucking movie thing now. It's a box office draw thing. But I would love a like procedural Spider-Man show where he just goes around being Spider-Man solving crimes. I think that would be great. Yeah, a villain um, of, the, of the week type thing. Yeah, which they would never do, and that that'd be perfect for Disney as well. Like you know, I feel like if you are still tied to this idea of doing television shows on prestige networks, it has to be of a certain format. It has to be of a certain quality. Whereas I feel like on the streaming, it's like you can just have a bit more fun with it, do a throwback. But I I don't think I don't think they're gonna do that. Um. So yeah, uh, Scott finishes with a pick one here. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy. Or Amy Adams. Uh, Amy, I, Amy Adams. Yeah, we'll cut. I'll, I'll, I'll cut Melissa McCarthy straight away. Um, uh, she's been in some of the worst shit I've ever seen. She's good life. in Gilmore Girls, but I yeah, and she was in a film called um, Oh, it was nominated for an Oscar the other year with Richard. Oh, oh that's Disney. What's it called? Um, D something. Could you ever forgive me? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think she's capable of being in good stuff, but she just did it so much shit. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Amy, Ad- a- Amy Adams, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah Wigs, but it's a decent stuff. But yeah. Um, all right. Final email here. Uh, thank you, Scott, for that one, and thank you for your recommendations. I will, I will check those out. I'm going to pull up the old Marvel gimmick as I read this next tale and add and look for Jim Sterling Thanos stories. Uh, next email is from Will. Subject: De Burgerace McCauley. Oh no! <laughs> ah, here we go. Here we go. So uh, the third and final round of debate, Kali. Uh, we had our wrestling expert chair week one, our kaiju expert chair week two, and now our fine cuisine expert chair <laughs> week three. Fine cuisine. Uh, As in that kebab was fine. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joe versus Paul, one minute each. McDonald's versus Burger King. Which is better? And as always, Will says he will leave it to me to assign the sides of the debate. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. I was laughing out loud at the other two debates while walking my dog. Thank you very much, Will, for your for your topics. It's been great fun uh, uh, getting into it. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed them, and I, I hope your dog is doing well. All right. Uh, I, was, I was debating here after reading this mail. I was like, could I throw you as a curveball? Could I have Paul go against Burger King? 
um, but then I, I felt like, no, let's let's get everyone at their prime here. Let's let's okay. let's uh, you know um, uh, let's 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 have a fair fight. And so we will um, we will have Joe representing McDonald's, and we will have Paul flying the flag for the king. And I will pull up my timer. And since I was accused of going overboards uh, last week, I'll, I'll try and do this as, as to the letter as I can. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm flipping a coin in my head. Paul, heads or tails? Heads. There's tails. Joe, do you want to go first or second? <laughs> I'll go second. Okay. So, Paul, going to give you a minute here okay. to just, you're just big enough, Burger King, why it is, why it is the king, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'll count you down three, two, one, and when I say go, you go. Okay. Okay. So sure. Three, two, one, go. What's in a name, lads? What's in a name? Uh, they could have called it the Burger uh, Second Best Burger. They could have called it the Burger uh, Jack. No, Burger King, the King of Burgers, like Donut King, which we talked about earlier. And there's a reason for that. It's because the burgers are actually nice. If you prefer the taste of a cardboard burger, you might want to go to uh, Shea Ronald's, where they serve you dry shite in a bun. Uh, me, I like a nice burger. I like a good a Whopper. Um, far nicer. Chips are also nice. So don't give me that McDonald's chips shite. Uh, burger King's chips, perfectly nice, especially when they used to do Satis Fries. Uh, also, as far as burger mascots go, would you prefer to have a Regal King or a Red Afroed Pedophile? I know which one I prefer. <laughs> I rest my case. Oh my goodness! All right, fifty-three seconds there. Time to spare from mm. from from See, the Burger King himself. He couldn't even fill the minute. He couldn't even fill a minute. <laughs> All right, we'll reset the clock here, and then Joe will will um, d- defend the honor uh, uh, and and legally rebuff. The claims of Paul. Um, uh, all right, Joe. So you're 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 speaking for for the Mac God here. So okay. it's uh, I'll give you a minute on go. So three, two, one, go. When I think of McDonald's, I think of one thing: happiness. That is what McDonald's sells. It's not necessarily about the food. It's not necessarily about the menu. It's about happiness. It's about that warm feeling. When you're walking home, you're starving, you're at a train station, you're at an airport, and you spot that big golden M, those arches, and you think, oh, I could murder a McDonald's. And you go in and you know exactly what you're going to get. It's wherever you go in the world, every single outlet, every single McDonald's, you're going to get that same experience, that same taste when you bite into that burger, when you take that fry, when you have the milkshake, you know what you're going to get. Unlike Burger King, where mm, you're lucky if they even remember to put all of the ingredients in, um, to be honest. Uh, at McDonald's, you get consistency. You get that feeling of, of being a home, of being a kid again, of the happy meal, of the little toy, of the straw, of you know blowing the, the paper bit, the paper cover of the straw at your friend or your mum just to wind them up. You know, right, you get that time. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Um Two different approaches. Two different yeah. approaches. I, I I respect the slandering of each opposing um, um, <laughs> topic. Uh, you know, I I mean, I have to give Paul the the edge slightly on that front for for accusing the the man who who runs all those charities for being a big old pedo. Um, 
Oh, I forgot um, about the charities. Whereas, of course, <laughs> whereas royalty, of course, would never be pedos. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and 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 you know, you know, of course, cha- charity Saint uh, Savile. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't wait for Burger Megan and Burger Harry's <laughs> interview. <laughs> oh, God. the king is a racist. Oh dear. But also, I mean, Joe, you know, tap it into the. Oh, it's part of the culture, as cynical as that is. You know, the mm. the McDonald's everywhere, the nostalgia, the childlike glee. Having a McDonald's, um, hmm, trying to weigh up the the quality of the debate versus you know which one I like. It's not about which one I prefer, you know. Mm. I'll have to go with Joe. I think he, I think he, he, he got me there with the anywhere you go in the world. Many, a, many a, a German weekends going to the one place I knew I could get chicken nugs and chips. <laughs> And so, well done to to Joe. Two great, two great entries. Two great, two great performances. Um, thank you very much, Will, for your for your contributions. I think Joe is sipping Barry a happy meal under the table here. That's what's going on. <laughs> is that a euphemism? <laughs> like... <laughs> well then, we uh, we'll wrap up the emails there, and will we jump in to the uh, the wrestling guff for the week? We um we have a wrestling quiz. Oh, we have a quiz. I delayed from last week because uh, yeah. we were over running. We're, we're running a bit this week as well, but I don't want to have to update the quiz again next week. So we're going to do it this week to get it out of the way. Okay. Um, so it is a championship quiz. So I was inspired by a few weeks ago. I saw a tweet about the fact that WWE now has twenty different uh, championships oh, <laughs> within the you know the umbrella of, of WWE and NXT and, and NXT UK. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of thought, I wonder how many of those I can actually name. Uh, and of course, I did woefully uh, when doing this. <laughs> so I have created a quiz that has a list of every current title holder in all of the major promotions in North America. Right. Okay. So we have WWE, including NXT and NXT UK. We have uh, AEW, uh, Impact, Ring of Honor and NWA. So in okay. total, there are 40 championships. <laughs> so I'm going to give each of you two minutes, and I'm going to give you uh, 20 each, and you're going to have two minutes to try and name as many uh, correctly as possible. Okay. So I'll, I will give you the title, and you have to tell me who currently holds it. Okay. okay? Does that all make sense? So I'll be Makes like, sense. blah, 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 okay. championship. You tell me who it is, and you'll have two minutes against the clock to get as many as possible. Um. Sorry, go on, Paul. And can we pass, and then if we have time, come back to it? Or You can pass, but you can't come back to it. Once you've passed, it's, it's gone. It's okay. gone. I, will, okay. I will reveal the answer when you, when you pass. Okay. Okay. It's a bit like the chase. You know, you can, you can pass, but I will, I will give you the answer. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll tell you what, as um, Paul lost the coin toss uh, for the debate, I'm going to let him um, choose whether he wants to go first or second. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. So I have... I have pack A and I have pack B. So which? Okay, it's uh, like a chase. It is like a chase. I love pack B, Bradley. Pack B. Very good. Yeah. Okay, so we do. I'm about to start the clock. I'll give you a little three, two, one countdown. Okay. Then I'll, I'll read the name. Give me your answer. Pass. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, 
two, one, and we're going. NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, Jordan Devlin slash Santos Escobar. Okay. Uh, NXT Tag Team Champion. Uh, uh, Only Lorcan and Danny Birch. Correct. WWE Raw Women's Champion. Asuka. Oh. Impact World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Finn Juice. AEW Women's Champion. Um, Sheeta. Hikari. AEW TNT Champion. Darby Allen. Uh, NXT UK Tag Team champ- Champions. Oh, uh, Pretty Deadly? Oh, He's got it. Oh, nice. WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Oh, God. Um, You're a minute in, by the way. So you've yeah. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, pass. Okay. It was uh, Ziggler and Rude. Uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Oh, um, Ember Moon and Tony Storm. No, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah. Um, WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, New Day. Yeah, I need more. Which members? Oh, Kofi and Xavier. Yeah, correct. AEW Tag Team Champions. Um, Young Bucks. Correct. NXT North American Champion. Uh, pass. Pass. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Uh, Shane and Nia. Correct. Uh, Impact X Division Champion. Pass. Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Pass. Uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Uh, pass. <laughs> NX, NXT Champion. Uh, Adam Cole. No. No. Incorrect. Uh, Finn Balor. And, and you're out of time. You're out of time, Paul. Yes, it was Finn Balor. Um, the other ones I mean, you passed on. NXT North American Champion was Johnny Gargano. Okay. Um, Impact X Division Champion Ace Austin. Impact Knockouts Tag Team is Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, aka yeah, Fire yeah. and Flavor. Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions are La Facción Ingobernable, Kenny King yeah. and Dragon Lee. Um, and the three you didn't get to were NXT UK Champion. Walter. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, sorry, uh, Ring of Honor World Champion. No. Uh, Rouge? Yes. No, yeah, Barry gets it. It's Rouge. And the final one was actually interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Oh, well, I gave you that for the first one. Doesn't count because I wasn't asking for the interim pool. <laughs> well, they're both recognized as Cruiserweight. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think one of them is called interim. I think they're both no, just. No, they are. They are. They are. Check this on the official yeah. thing. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So Paul, he's got ten. Jeez, oh, and he was I'll getting his you. main roster WWE ones as well. Pretty, <laughs> good. pretty good, pretty good. Okay, okay, Barry, Barry, over to you. Okay. Okay, so let me count you in. Three, two, one. Okay, NXT UK Women's Champion. Kaylee Ray. Yes. Ring of Honor World Television Champion. <laughs> Jonathan Gresham. No, Dragon Lee. Okay. NXT Women's Champion. Oh. Oh. Uh, Io Shirai? <laughs> Correct. NWA World World's Women World's Women Champion. Serena Deeb. Correct. Uh, Impact World Champion. Rich Swan. Yes. 
NWA national champion? Oh, James Storm? No, Trevor Murdoch. Oh. <laughs> Ring of Honor world six-man tag team champions. Uh, Low Singer Garber Nobles? No, Shane Taylor Promotions. <laughs> uh, WWE champion. Oh, which one's which? Fuck. Um, uh, Bob Lashley. Correct. You have a minute left. Uh, Impact Knockout Champion. Diana Perazzo. Correct. AEW World Champion. Uh, Kenny Omega. <laughs> Correct. Uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. Sasha Banks. Correct. NWA World Television Champion. Mr. Anderson. No, Elijah Burke. Uh, w- WWE Universal Champion. Roman Reigns. Correct. NXT UK Heritage Cup Champion. A-Kid? Yes, correct. WWE 24-7 Champion. R-Truth. Correct. WWE Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> Biggie? Yes, correct. NWA World Tag Team Champions. Bram and Aldis. No, Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos. WWE United States Champion. Apollo Cruz, No, Riddle. NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, oh time's up. Time's up. Oh. Sorry, Barry. You didn't get it. Let me add up your score. You got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, he got, a good, he got on a good run there. He was like yeah. four, 4 or 5 in the first minute and then like 7 or 8 in the second minute. Yeah. Oh, that was tough. Yeah. yeah, so you were right, Nick Aldis, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and then Ring of Honor, Pure Champion. Anyone? Back Gresham? Yeah, that was Gresham. Okay. So, ooh, we both did well. Um, that was actually, really fun. I got 16 out of 40 when I tried to do it. <laughs> so, you both did better than I did, I think, with 10 and ten and 12. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, not bad, not bad. That was good, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. We'll do that again in a year's time. Probably do even worse. We'll probably do, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a really good format. I really like that. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, I forgot. I thought I might actually do okay on the... the I forgot Ring of Honor had like six-man belts and yeah, all that right. shit. A TV and a pure championship. Oh, my God. Anyway, oh, we're, we're, we're going on here. So we'll, did anyone out of curiosity watch the premiere of AEW Dark Elevation? Mm, no. No. Okay, never mind. It was not. It was not. It was not newsworthy. They did the the the. the oh no, that's not true. Um, uh, Tony Khan doing Bernie Sanders came out. And oh made, yeah, and, and made a match for Dynamite. Um, Hello, Omega. Oh, is it radical to think that a man of oh. Matt Seidel's caliber can challenge for the world title? That's my terrible <laughs> Tony doing terrible Bernie. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, not 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 a fan of him coming out and cutting promos, but what are you going to do? That's that's wrestling for you. Um, it was it was kind of disappointing. It was literally it was just an episode of Dark with with Big Show commentary. Mm. Um, I was pretty, but it was two hours long. It was all and like Dark's fine. I have no problem with Dark. I have no problem with them, but it 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 does just kind of feel like they're they're following the mold of just barf out content in the hope that someone will buy it. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. Which is a shame. It's a shame, but uh, it, the show was okay. Uh, I'm not going to be watching it weekly though, unless there's a big match on it. But uh, yeah, we'll jump on to the old dynamite then, uh, which was obviously notable for the big main event with uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, uh, which I thought was really tremendous. 
Uh, it was. No, uh, no spicy hot take here, really, to be quite honest. I thought it was really, really great. I thought it was a, a fitting main event, a fitting conclusion to their story. Um, and, and a fitting no light, uh, no lights, lights out match. I thought they did right by that whole stick. So yeah, I, re- I really thought it was excellent. Yeah. It was true, uh, equality. It was progressive in a way that intergender matches or whatever aren't. The, the women went out, double, double gig ski spot, mm. bleeding both of them. Um, thumbtacks, ladders, tables. Yeah, it was it was a proper uh blood feud payoff. Best ever done by women, I feel. Yeah. I thought um yeah. you know, a lot of those kind of gimmicks are often a bit of a shortcut. You know, the blood, the tax, whatever, but I thought it all enhanced the match. Like it was a great yeah, match without that absolutely. stuff, and that made it even better, like the blood and everything. It was like it went from good to great because of that stuff. It wasn't just cheap. You know, they, they earned it. So, yeah, I thought it was great. It's like the best street fight I've seen in, I don't even know when. I was thinking Cactus Jack, Triple H, kind of, that kind of echelon. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Well, that's one point that I thought when Meltzer gave it four and three quarters. Mm. I was like, it was better than that car fight that Best Friends had with... um. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. it was. I think that match is overrated, even though it's, it was good. I don't think it was that good. Mm-hmm. But this women's match was properly impressive. Um, yeah, I was super into it. Uh, loved the blood. Love a bit of blood, me. Um, Britt was doing the full Crimson Mask. The, the Steve Austin WrestleMania 13 Crimson <laughs> Mask. The Vince McMahon smile into camera from WrestleMania 19. All the greatest hits were being played. Um, and yeah, they just it was just a hell of a match. It was great. Finish was yeah. cool too. Fire Thunder into the table. Yeah, and the bump that Rebel took through the table. Was, was oh really my good. god, I love Rebel. It's like a backwards bump. She didn't even like turn and jump onto it. It was like boom. Really, really good. <laughs> Oh, what a, what a little package there. Rebel and Britt Baker. Perfect. Total package. She's great. Yeah. Um, I think AEW kind of overdid blood early on, but now that they've calmed it a little bit, I think it, they really hammered home that like, you got to have blood. You don't have to have it all the time, and that mm. can be bad too, but your big blow-off matches of that ilk, they got to have blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 you know. and, and it's also, it's like, in the right instance, such as you had with Britt Baker here, it's such a star-making thing to have. That's a visual that they will reuse Absolutely. over and over and over again, and it'll be burned. It's on like a t-shirt like, already. Already. Well, that's that's their whole thing. They're so good at that. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, anything else on this edition of the show? I thought the MJF promo was, was solid, explaining the whole the faction. I thought it was great. I thought his promo yeah. was excellent. Yeah, I thought it was good. I think the, the group itself... Is fine, <laughs> and Sean yeah. Spears with his little blonde mohawk is fine. But I thought his promo was great. You got to have someone to take the pinfall in the uh, yeah in the War Games match. So. <laughs> yeah, is this going to lead to blood and guts? Do you reckon with inner circle? Oh, definitely. Oh, they finally do the yeah. blood and guts match. Um, like they've they, they've come so far now from where the original blood, what that blood and guts match was going to be. That there's mm. no going back. They've gone too far, so they'll just have to re 
do it with, I guess, Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. Pinnacle's a good name. I like it. Yeah. God, it is It is funny. I know I, we haven't done too much of it because who really has the energy? Well, obviously, being now, we're kind of like marking a year of dealing with COVID. It is so funny to think back on like the closing weeks of Dynamite before before all of this, we're teasing the blood and guts. Mm. Yeah. And then it, and then it got pushed out, and everyone was talking about the time. It's like, oh, well, they probably don't want the visual of wrestlers bleeding all over each other um, you know, in the couple of times. And now they've just gone, they just don't care. They realize we're in this for a long <laughs> haul, and everyone's just bleeding all over everyone all the time. Um, yeah. I, one, one thing I do like about the Pinnacle compared to the Inner Circle is I do think that there's no fear. The Pinnacle aren't going to be cool heels. Like the inner circle, right? Oh, no. Yeah, they're not going to be doing goofy Sing segments. And, no. They're not going to be entertaining. You know, FDR aren't going to do anything so entertaining that we they turn face, are they? The, yeah, there's no danger of that. <laughs> so that's what I quite like about them is that they're going to be real, like heal, like you actually don't like them that much. Yeah, there's not too much kind of redeeming about them, so it should be yeah. really effective. And one thing as well is we talked about potentially Jericho being right for a face turn. But I think that's also true of Sammy Guevara and Santana and Ortiz. I think they'll be all good baby faces. Jake Hager, less so <laughs> the other guys. Yeah. One thing as well about the pinnacle is, um, I don't know if Brian Alvarez's granny reviews AW <laughs> at all, but it does sound a little too close to pinnacle. I'm afraid she's going to get confused. <laughs> there is a group called the pinnacle. Oh, they sound great. And then The Undertaker came out. (laughs) Did a cameo for Granny. (laughs) God, remember his cameos. A thousand quid. What else was on the show? We had Cody versus Penta. Penta, that was good. It was a good match until the finish, which I didn't like. And then the focus of the whole the whole payoff of the match, the whole focus was QT Marshall was a minute late. He was late. Yeah, he was Who dawdling. cares? Oh. Yeah, I think that's a cute, like, fine little angle that they want to do. But making it this big thing, like tying Cody into it. I think Cody should be above it. But, yeah. Um, I'm, lov- I'm loving the Penta and the translator stuff. It's, it's great. Did you see, by the way, they put out a new, I believe it's them, a, a new YouTube channel, AEW Music. And it has Cody's like entrance video on it with Snoop Dogg song, and oh. it's just comments of people saying this is shite. Get rid of it. <laughs> well, it is. It's really terrible. It's so bad. I have to imagine it's a thing where the network asked him to keep it because it co-promotes the other show. You know. Well, obviously, but that show's over now, isn't it? Is this? I think so. Maybe it's not. Oh, it's dreadful. It's you, can I just dreadful. say, by the way, do you know what the lyrics are to the Snoop Dogg part of the song? No. Have you ever me. listened to lyrics? They're so bad. Uh, okay, these are legitimately the lyrics when Snoop Dogg comes up on screen. He's doing his little dance on the uh, Titan John or whatever. Uh, the lyrics are <clears throat> Holy moly Walk up in this slowly It's the one and only Yep, the big homie Second generation Do the work Innovation Ace, keep acing. Get in the ring and your time you'll be wasting. I'll, I'll leave it there. I, oh, I, I now ironically love that that song starts with Holy moly, it's the big homie. Yup, it's Cody or whatever. Because that is 
the worst Holy shit. That's worse than a Just Eat rap. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, it's like, this is Snoop's thing. It's like, he, it's just because you can recognize his voice straight away as it's him. So he's like, oh, if people want a Snoop song, they just, yeah. I, I just have to say whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so that was Dynamite for the week. Uh, and with that, that'll be the show. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, with more, um, uh, more of the usual fun and games. In the meantime, you can follow along at ChairShotPod on Twitter or go to ChairShotPodcast.com for, uh, you know, where you can send an email. We got some great emails the last few weeks uh, from, from our, our usual pals. Uh, do feel free to reach out if you're new, uh, and we will happily chat about whatever's on your mind, whatever questions you might have, whatever quizzes you want to play with us, whatever debates you want us to have. Um, I, mm. I've been enjoying those the last few weeks. Scott and Will and, all, and the others. Um yeah, thanks very much uh, for listening, folks. And uh, we'll be back next week. So it's goodbye from me, Mary. Goodbye from Paul. Yeah, keep an eye on that forbidden... Hmm. And it's goodbye from Joe. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.